With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. In 1992, the Food and Drug Administration decided that genetically modified organisms were the functional equivalent of conventional foods. They arrived at this decision without testing GMOs for allergenicity, toxicity, antibiotic resistance, and functional characteristics. The aim of the feed industry is a trillion dollars of profits from royalties every year. And the aim is no farmer should have access to their own seed. The aim is every farmer should be forced into the market every year. All across our country, our people are becoming more and more conscious about the food that they are eating and the food that they are serving to their kids. And this is certainly true for genetically engineered food. Americans have a right to know if their food is genetically engineered. Hello and welcome to Mad Science, the Genetic Crossroad. I am your host, Anna Kavanaugh, and I want to thank you for joining me for the broadcast tonight. A simple game of risk. Let's talk about how biotechnology companies are blindly pursuing profit and developing new products based on untested technology and then fast-tracking those products to market. And let's talk about how they're also aggressively attempting to expand their control of agriculture and ultimately the food supplies all over the world, which is a goal Monsanto has openly confessed, doing this by using U.S. governmental machinery to apply pressure to foreign nations and threatening punishment and sanctions if their agenda is not adopted. And let's also talk about how Monsanto is actively pursuing worldwide patents for not only food crops, but animal food sources as well. They have deceived the public by creating a false sense of safety and security about their mission as they continue toward their goal of winning the game by controlling the world's food supply. This really does sound like a bad science fiction movie, doesn't it? Well, it is bad science, but unfortunately, it's not fiction. And it's been happening for years now, right underneath our noses. For almost two decades, Monsanto has been at the cutting edge of biotechnology, working to develop and hurry their products through government regulatory agencies in an effort to maximize their profits. And by fast-tracking their products to market, they have gained a competitive advantage in the biotech agriculture industry, enabling them to release more and more untested products for public consumption, as well as spread their influence and control throughout regions of the world. It began in 1994 when the FDA set a precedent approving Monsanto's production of Pulsolac, which is the name brand for genetically modified bovine growth hormone, which was intended to increase dairy production. The FDA claimed the milk produced by cows injected with Pulsolac was substantially equivalent to normal milk, a claim crafted by Monsanto's Michael Taylor, who was strategically appointed to the FDA and responsible for writing this policy. 
Well, as it turned out, the Pulsilac milk was not equivalent at all and was later found to pose health risks not only to animals, but also to people consuming the milk. It was not long after this that Clarence Thomas of the Supreme Court and a former Monsanto lawyer wrote the ruling that modified genes could now be patented, a convenient turn of events for Monsanto, pushing the door wide open for it to mass-produce and sell its genetically modified seeds containing built-in pesticides and herbicide tolerance products. Products, by the way, that are still being produced to this day and are responsible for the growing epidemic of gastrointestinal problems currently being experienced in the U.S. and other GM-consuming nations. Well, because of these gene patent laws, Monsanto hurried to create several new varieties of products with what is termed stacked gene technology. And these are seeds containing several genetically modified traits packaged together. For example, a single seed having both pesticide and herbicide traits built into it. Now, ideally, combinations of these stacked traits are targeted to have specific results, but multiple gene interactions and expressions are complex, and it is not possible to know the outcomes of these gene combinations, especially when sufficient studies are not performed within reasonable time frames. Instead, for the sake of profit, they are accelerated to market. This is the operating procedure of profit-driven corporations like Monsanto with the help of federal regulatory agencies to smooth the way. They knowingly pose unknown and potentially catastrophic risks to consumers. Have a listen to this clip with Andrew Kimbrell, the executive director of the Center for Food and Safety, stating how Monsanto has used federal agencies to benefit their own agenda. Have a listen. This food is not safe. It needs to be looked at. But Monsanto didn't want that examination to happen. So it used its political influence to make sure that the FDA could not do its job. And so to this day, to this day, both the United States and the world do not know if these foods are safe because Monsanto was able to convince these political appointees not to do their job. And what is the basic reason for all of this? It's profit, folks. Not our safety, not our health. Profit. And in the face of mounting evidence that GM foods are the root cause to many serious ailments plaguing those who consume them. But Monsanto's representatives never comment about that. Rather, they usually speak with enthusiasm about the pie-in-the-sky benefits that will come from these new products. Monsanto's motivations are obvious. They're about opening new markets to sell more products. Here's Monsanto's chief technology officer, Rob Fraley, speaking about this very concept. Have a listen to this clip. You know, the opportunity to create products that can create whole new markets, like our Vista Gold, our Soy Mega products, and in the vegetable area, you know, working on a whole host of new traits that can add nutritional value and really differentiate, you know, our seed and our vegetables for both producers and consumers. Comments about adding nutritional value to foods is an effective selling point, but we have to remember, that's all it is. Language used to sell the idea that GM foods have benefits, when all the scientific evidence shows otherwise. Another quote from Rob Fraley further exemplifies Monsanto's philosophy, saying, quote, Our pipeline has evolved significantly from where it was just a few years ago, and today it is more exciting and robust than ever. Not since we developed the first Roundup Ready trait have we seen such promising categories of value emerging from our pipeline. We're exploring new areas of technology and new areas of the world, and all roads lead to opportunity. 
end quote. Does this sound like a company that is interested in our health or a company that is interested in its own opportunities, expanding its grasp on more and more market shares throughout the world? Aside from the positive, altruistic-natured advertisements to the public, the true fact is that Monsanto has not only been seizing opportunities in taking control of North America's food supplies, but it is aggressively doing so in other countries as well. They have infiltrated the United States government, gaining control of key positions in the FDA, USDA, and EPA. But they also influence officials in other branches of our government, even controlling diplomats and ambassadors to other countries. In fact, it may be surprising to learn that many U.S. diplomats are actually working for Monsanto, as in on their payroll, to advance Monsanto's mission under the guise of U.S. foreign policy. This whole business seems disgustingly corrupt. It really, really does. For example, just a few years ago, it was requested that specific nations inside the European Union be punished for not supporting the expansion of Monsanto's GMO crops. Punished. The request for these measures was made by Craig Stapleton, the former United States ambassador to France and coincidentally partner to George W. Bush. Despite the clear evidence linking Monsanto's GM corn to organ damage and negative environmental impact, the ambassador plainly called for target retaliation against those not supporting GM crops. Here's what Stapleton was reported saying in response to France not wanting GM crops in their country. Listen to this. I find this almost unbelievable. Quote, Europe is moving backwards, not forwards, on this issue with France playing a leading role along with Austria, Italy, and even the European Commission. It is recommended that we calibrate a target retaliation list that causes some pain across the European Union since this is a collective responsibility. Moving to retaliation will make clear that the current path has real costs to European Union interests and could help strengthen European pro-biotech voices. End quote. Did you hear that? What do you think of that? Take the influence in Spain. The U.S. has been using diplomatic relationships to pressure them into helping persuade the European Union not to strengthen biotechnology laws. The U.S. Embassy in Madrid stated, quote, if Spain fails, the rest of Europe will follow, end quote. The populist view of transgenic crops in both the U.S. and other countries is negative, they don't want it. They don't want anything to do with it. However, the voice of the people is disregarded. This seems blatantly contradictory to the ideals of democratic societies, doesn't it? However, despite the pushback of many nations not wanting GM crops coming into their country, the U.S. and Monsanto jointly continue to spread their agenda, pressuring the highest levels of leadership in these countries. They have even stooped to pressuring the Vatican to use their influence in having GM crops be accepted by the people. Can you believe that? Because many Catholic bishops and those they minister to in developing countries have been vehemently opposed to transgenic crops. The U.S. Embassy in the Vatican particularly targeted the Pope and his closest advisors in an effort to gain support for GM crops. One U.S. diplomat stated, quote, Opportunities exist to press the GM crop issue with the Vatican and in turn to influence a wide segment of the population in Europe and the developing world to accept them. End quote. 
we need to look at what's happening here, folks. U.S. diplomats have unique opportunities to spread honest and intellectual campaigns that can serve to better mankind and end suffering. However, they are instead spreading the roots of Monsanto deeper and deeper into international territory. As a substitute for the betterment of mankind, these paid-off diplomats are instead working to promote the powerful corporate agenda of Monsanto. You know, it's really interesting to note that the United States and Monsanto are so intertwined that it's difficult to see where one stops and the other begins. U.S. policy with regard to agriculture on a global scale coincides perfectly with Monsanto's push for universal transgenic crops. In fact, the words United States and Monsanto can be used interchangeably with regard to foreign policy concerning agriculture. This is reminiscent of Henry Kissinger's statement, quote, control oil and you control nations, control food and you control the people, end quote. If the food supplies of the world are controlled, the people and their nations, along with the natural resources of their land, are controlled as well. Monsanto has already exhibited what it does with control. We need look no further than the farmers of this or other countries who are now dependent on Monsanto GM seed and their chemical products. It's bad enough that Monsanto owns the rights to the vast majority of existing GM plant crops, but what if they did the same with livestock? Agricultural experts are speculating that in addition to Monsanto's existing control over plant crops, to gain control over livestock markets as well would be unprecedented and unstoppable. If this is accomplished, the impossible becomes probable. Monsanto could realistically control all food sources on the planet, plant and animal. Think about that. Now, several years ago, Monsanto applied for multiple patent applications at the World Intellectual Property Organization in Geneva, Switzerland. These proposed patents encompassed nearly the entire lifespan of a pig, from conception to slaughter. Specifically, these patents would allow Monsanto to own the swine genes that have already been decoded by their researchers. And if granted, swine breeding would only be possible with the company's approval. Naturally, farmers and breeders are alarmed because these genes have long existed in the great majority of their pigs, and granting this patent would essentially allow a part of Mother Nature to fall into the hands of a single company. This means that Monsanto would also own the pig's offspring as well. Here's another comment from Andrew Kimbrell about that subject. Have a listen. It's a very broad patent that would grant, if, if accepted worldwide, would grant Monsanto control of a significant percentage of all the pigs in the world. And here's what's so critical. The patent isn't just for the pigs. It's for the pig's offspring. So Mother Nature works for Monsanto's profit. Every time pigs naturally reproduce, that is a violation of the patent that you would have to pay Monsanto for. Monsanto's influence on the patent offices is huge. So if this patent is approved, money will have to be paid to Monsanto for every pig in the world carrying this genetic marker. Contamination would also be an issue, just as we've seen with GM crops. Organic livestock are likely to be contaminated with GM livestock. This is a problem because GM traits are designed to be dominant, so their expression will eventually replace naturally existing traits. Obviously, there is a financial interest for Monsanto here, and as they've proven in the past, profit comes before safety. 
always. And here again, the issue arises. How will the consumption of genetically modified livestock affect consumers? We already know livestock that are fed GM crops develop serious health issues relating to fertility and other complications, and some of that is passed on to us right now, the consumer. But what about consuming livestock that are directly genetically modified? Should we believe that proper testing will be conducted or that we will be told the truth by our protective agencies? We are pawns in Monsanto's game, a game where they make the rules and we follow. They benefit while we in our families ultimately pay the price. There's a metaphor I'm sure many of you have heard that I think describes our predicament quite well. It's the concept of the cooked frog, and it goes something like this. It's said that if a frog is placed in hot water, it will immediately try to jump out due to the shock. But if the frog is placed in cool water, which is then gradually and subtly heated, it doesn't budge. It adjusts to the temperature change without alarm, perfectly content. But as the water continues to heat up, the frog begins to realize that something is seriously wrong. It wants to move, but it can't at this point, as its limbs are becoming cooked. By the time the frog understands what is really happening, it's too late. The frog is cooked. This is most troubling, because the boiled frog parable can be applied directly to what has been occurring in this country since the 1990s, where the biotech industry has taken a gradual, subtle gain of control and power over the primary food crops grown today. This is concerning because the vast majority of Americans either don't know about what is occurring or amazingly remain complacent to the fact that consumption of GM food is scientifically proven to be a direct threat to our health. How can it be that folks are seemingly reluctant to act on these issues? Well, on the surface, biotech corporations like Monsanto have been very successful in utilizing media, special interest groups, pro-GMO protesters, and Internet resources, including social media, to propagate campaigns of misinformation, denial, and outright false claims to the public and the world. And one example of this was a phony group named GMO Coexistence, which sprung up in Boulder, Colorado during an event coordinated to protest Monsanto and its GMO crops. These people wore hats with the slogan, FAIR, written on them, and paraded around in support of Monsanto. This was clearly designed to sway public opinion, giving the illusion that farmers support GMO and that GMO crops are beneficial, completely safe, and the way of the future none of which is the truth. Monsanto knows that public opinion is important for their survival, so they use stunts like this to fool people into believing what they are saying, among other things. They're attempting to really buy public opinion. Monsanto is accustomed to buying their way out of trouble and appears to have no problem in buying it for others. For example, they actually hired the questionable mercenary group Blackwater, the same people who committed illegal atrocities in Iraq and elsewhere and claimed this was done in an effort to protect their interests? It actually occurred recently, happening over a two-year period where Monsanto paid Blackwater to utilize Internet hacking tactics to gather information and execute PR smear campaigns targeting individuals as well as organized protesters, including animal rights groups. They even had Blackwater go undercover and join these groups in order to confuse and sabotage their efforts. What kind of company operates this way? 
And why would a company proclaiming such beneficial things for farmers, consumers, this country, and the world stoop to these kinds of activities? The writing is on the wall. This is not a good company, and they do not have our interests at heart. Yet we are handing them control. We are letting them use us in their game. We are being slow-cooked folks, just like the frog. If corporations like Monsanto continue in this progression of quietly conquering agriculture and livestock markets in the U.S. and around the world, we as a human race will be cooked. I know that sounds a little silly, but it's a perfect metaphor. There will come a point that we no longer have the option to take back control of our basic human rights concerning safety and in deciding what foods we use to nourish ourselves and our families. There will come a point that we no longer have a voice against the pervasive corruption of giant corporations intertwined with our own government. There will come a point when we are truly enslaved by a single corporation slash government that determines who will live and who will die. This is not conspiracy theory, folks. This is the game we are forced to be a part of, and it is moving toward a sad conclusion. And on that very heavy note, we'll move on to a special segment of the program called The Listener's Voice, which is where folks out there have kindly taken the time to write into the website with their questions and comments, which I so appreciate. And uh, to close each show of the program, I'll get through as many as I can. This evening, we will start with Ruth. Ruth Geiser writes into the show and says, Hi, Anna Kavanaugh. I listened to your last two shows, and now I am hooked. It is upsetting to hear all that's going on around the genetic modified foods. Growing up in Iowa, you could say I'm kind of a farmer's daughter, although my parents weren't farmers, but my uncle was. I remember getting squash, carrots, and corn out of the garden in the summertime and always thinking it was so healthy when we cooked them for a meal. Now I feel that everything I used to love is off limits. I love to cook, and thinking about all this, I wondered if genetic modified foods stay that way after you cook them. I haven't heard anything about that before and wondered if you knew. Thanks, and keep up the great show. Well, hi, Ruth. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to write into the show. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Uh, listen, I know it's upsetting to hear much of what's going on in the GM industry, and I can tell you that as immersed as I am in the subject, I am still absolutely shocked by something that I learn every day. Uh, I understand exactly what you mean when you say uh, it feels like everything is off limits. It sure does uh, seem that way, doesn't it? Well, I think you bring up an excellent question here. And so it turns out, okay, when we cook, the DNA inside our food is heated and actually unzips down the middle in a process known as denaturation. But even though this happens, the DNA strands still maintain their original gene sequences. So genetically modified genes will stay intact. However, if enough heat is added, and I'm talking hotter than your oven will go, then the DNA strands start to come apart. But by the time it gets to that point, I doubt there'd be much left to eat. Um, you know, I'm really sorry to say that any food containing ingredients derived from corn, soy, canola, and cottonseed, and that's just to name just a few, you know, um, it contains GMO and it's not going to go away uh, when we when we cook it. Uh, I'm sorry to bear the bad news. Thanks for writing into the show. And next up, we have Michael uh, Schinder, I believe, uh, writes into the show. Hi there, Anna. Cool show. But I'm starting to think that the government is trying to make us sick just to thin the population down. 
I mean, why won't they tell us if our food has GMO in it? Even now, it's not like we don't know what's going on. They're trying to keep the wool over our eyes and making money off of us. At the same time, big companies like Monsanto are just fronts for what the government is really up to. Everything is corrupted and probably worse than we even know. Am I the only one who thinks that? Well, hi there, Michael. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your comments tonight. Uh, no, you're not the only one who thinks this. Uh, there are many, many theories floating around out there, and some of them are really, really disturbing. Uh, but that said, we have to keep things in some kind of perspective and not jump to conclusions too quickly. You know, there is a really fine line to walk between what is fact and, and what is fiction, with lots of conflicting ideas and messages in between. It's very true that federal agencies support Monsanto in not labeling GM foods, and this is troubling. What it seems to show is that large corporations with lots of money have deeper influence and control than anyone could have ever imagined. But there is growing awareness to this fact, and consumers are organizing and coming together to fight for our basic human right to know what we're putting in our bodies. Um, you know, these things do take time, though. Change can still happen. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen quick enough sometimes. Uh, but I do want you to know that your frustrations are shared by many, uh, myself included. Um, you know, but we have to keep educating ourselves and others and helping each other, uh, you know, if we're going to come together and we're going to beat this in any kind of real way. Okay, thanks for writing into the show. And Michelle Cosgrove writes in and says, Hello, I heard that Monsanto is now breeding bees. Is this some new way to spread their GMOs? I've heard that bee populations are down. Is this correct or did I hear this wrong? Thanks, but only answer if you have time. Well, hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Actually, Monsanto recently purchased the leading bee research company in the world, Biologics, which had been doing research on why bee populations are declining in such large numbers in the United States. So ironically, the decline is most likely due to GM crops and the herbicides used on them. Some consider that buying Biologics was a strategic move on Monsanto's part because now they are in control of the research coming out of Biologics, and we know how much they like that. But there are some other reasons Monsanto may have bought this company, though. One is that bees have enzymes that work to silence gene expressions, and this may be a very important aspect to creating pharmaceutical crops, which is a new line of products that Monsanto is working to capitalize on. And also, Biologics is recognized by the USDA, which is already a really strong supporter for Monsanto and their genetic modification practices. In fact, Monsanto's solution for the dying bee populations is not to change their practices in GM crops or herbicides, but to now genetically modify the bees themselves. So, Michelle, you are right in what you're saying. Bee populations are down, and Monsanto is working on breeding a genetically modified honeybee that will ultimately be used in one way or another toward the advancement of their GMO business. This is another very scary uh, area, the plight, of our, the plight of our bees. Okay, thanks for running into the show. And with that, I've run out of time in this segment. If you would like your question or comment to be featured on the show, I would love to hear from you. Just pay a visit to the website at www.geneticcrossroadradio.com and follow the link to the listener's voice. Once there, fill in the form and send me along your thoughts. I'll feature as many as I can during each broadcast. Your voice really does matter and will help make a difference in both the future of our food and our human health. This show is a conversation, and that's where all change begins. So let's get talking. 
I also want to tell you about the new Facebook page for the series. If you are enjoying the show and would like to participate in some more interactive communication, I'd love for you to come and give us a like and join in at www.facebook.com slash Anna Kavanaugh, Mad Science, Genetic Crossroad. And I'll hope to see you there. Well, I want to thank you for listening to Mad Science, The Genetic Crossroad. Please join me every Tuesday for more on GMO. On next week's show, that's Tuesday, March 6th, we'll continue our conversation with an episode named The Hidden Beneficiaries. $46 million were used to shut down Measure 37 in California, calling for mandatory labeling of GMO foods. Several independent studies proving serious health consequences of GMO consumption have been strangely discredited. It was once said that all roads lead to Rome, yet in this context, following the trail of curious connections of beneficiaries leads consistently back to the GMO industry itself. I hope you'll join me for next week's broadcast. If we destroy nature, surely nature will destroy us, for while we may hold dominion over nature, we do not possess its wisdom. Until next time, be well, be healthy, and be informed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.